Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. <laughs> you look like you were outside doing something. I'm smoking. Uh, <laughs> I am a, a brisket sp- or something. No, I'm doing pulled pork today. Oh, pulled okay. pork. <clears throat> so I've got about a ten pound freaking uh, what you call it on on the smoker uh, pork butt on the smoker. Look, you can see my pan there. <laughs> so you're outside in hundred plus degree heat near Smoky. a heat source. Yeah. And I'm killing uh hornet nests. Oh god. Yeah. It's been a fabulous day. I've only been stung twice. And yeah. the the one hornet's nest which is in uh my my back windows sill area. Um yeah is about a foot and a half long right now and but it's so hot all the hornets are on the nest right now sleeping <laughs> uh, so i was like I'm not time for some gasoline not gonna be sleeping much longer <laughs> uh davisondavisshow.com for all of your uh listening pleasure we have a <laughs> We have a player there. We uh we we post stories every year and a half. Um, Pictures once a year. Yeah. Updates right after putting bay. Um, <laughs> and you can go to the Davis and show dot com if you'd like some really kick ass merchandise. Uh yeah, really really kick ass. Um, I guess I need to look this up. Oh, my flashlight's on. Well, I had an exciting day today because it was new driveway day. And it was funny because like the foreman showed up around eight o'clock or whatever. And he's like, yeah, we're getting this all done today. I'm going on vacation tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, alrighty then. Mm. By God, he was true to his word, man. I got a brand spanking new cement driveway. Mm, 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 it's pretty Cement. Uh, so, you know, it is five o'clock in Stanley, Atlanta, Atlantic, Stanley, Atlantic. I don't know where the hell that I is. I don't know where that is either. Um, 44 days, 54 minutes, and six hours and 54 minutes to put in bay. Um, so I'm drinking any kind of alcohol today or just sticking with the water? No, I am doing today White Claw Surge. Hmm. Uh, 
And this is the cranberry. And if it's really good, I'll mix it with the Finlandia vodka that I have. Makes me fuck myself up today. (laughs) I don't have to work tomorrow. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have a drink today. Is it is a little early for me, and I do I because we've got the Hall of Fame football Hall of Fame right behind our house. We're kind of on the edge of where people are going to park, but I think it's the Browns playing this year, so we're getting and they've added. Why you should yes. look at pictures. You it should is. look at pictures of the the Hall of Fame area, dude. They've they've added this like little mall there. There's restaurants that Ferris wheel from up in Cleveland at the IX center is now at the hall of fame. There's a zip line there. there it's, it's an amazing transformation. So we're kind of guessing it might be pretty busy this year. So we are going to, we got little stakes and little yellow tape that says, you know, don't park whatever. And we're going to pound those in there so that we have some place to park. Cause we cannot park on the brand new cement. That's what's going on. And I am drinking Will It Rye. Oh, yes. Now, big question here. Mm-hmm. Does it taste like Will It? I didn't bring down the Will It, but I'll tell you what. Um, hold on, please. That's pretty good. Right, there's still some charred oak in here. There's some of that sweet. It's like a maybe a spicier version of the regular Willet pot. Still, this is like um, I think it was 105 um, on the Richter scale for alcohol. Yeah, it's 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 very tasty. It's like a spicier version of yours, I think. Okay, so that's okay. And then I took the cheap, cheap bourbon, added my wood chips, the um, Brazilian oak wood chips. Apparently, Kendrick is fighting my wife. Uh, So good uh, for Kendrick. (laughs) Actually, I took some of this Willet just a little bit, added some wood chips to that too. So I've got, I'm trying that experiment on that too. So that might be too spicy though. It might be because usually will it is, has a lot of flavor already. Yeah. Um, but that really bland bourbon with the wood chips, I think is going to be fantastic. Ooh, I think Kendrick is going after someone. I mean, I keep hearing stuff in the background. No, no, it's quiet now. I think that's totally quiet. <laughs> it's too quiet. Uh, I got sunburnt yesterday at work. Yeah, you're a little red. Did you forget your uh, sunscreen? Your no. SPF? SPF 60. All over my freaking face, I still got sunburn. The, the Texas is up the devil. <laughs> Just the devil's anus. The devil's anus is over my head every day. Uh, what else is going on? You see, we just did a sh- we did the first part of the show yesterday, so there's not a lot for me to go. Hey, here's, here's, here's what I did all week. Same shit as I did yesterday <sighs> on the show. <laughs> I I did, however, um, 
add in uh add in some some new drops because Burke was complaining that it was getting stale. I suggested it. Hello. Uh <laughs> wicked. Uh <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kinda lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> so how's that White Claw, or haven't you tried it yet? I'm just about to try I'm pouring right now, if you don't. I saw you suck something out of a straw, and I thought maybe that was it. Someone... <clears throat> well, I was having an Arnold Palmer. Mm, a jack um, nicholas <laughs> a jack nicholas oh shit i'm gonna have to be careful with this this is uh more alcohol than the other ones yeah white claw is usually five percent alcohol uh -huh. which uh is usually easily manageable um easily manageable these are eight percent uh, well, 16 proof, but it is with carbonation. So you got to take that into consideration. Dude, I'm telling you, I woke up this morning. I guess I do have something to talk about. Oh, uh, wait, let me try sip this, right? Yep. Okay. It's got a harsher flavor to it. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Should mix that with some squirt. Ah, uh, you see, okay. So usually White Claw is sugar-free. This is not. This mm. has two grams of sugar and thirty grams of sodium. No, oh, my. Uh, no fat. Two carbohydrates, so it's got two carbs in it, and uh, zero protein. <laughs> um, Obviously. So I'm trying the White Claw Surge. This is the cranberry version. I am not going to mix it with uh, Finlandia vodka since this is 8% already. Um, Thin it down with some pop, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit stronger. I mean, you can tell that it's it's stronger. Mm -hmm. What they call this spiked sparkling water with a hint of cranberry. Um, the cranberry flavor is phenomenal. Uh, I drink a lot of tonic water, so I'm kind of. And you're not even British. What the hell? I know. What the hell, man. Uh, we have this stuff down here called Topo Chico, which I think you can get up there. Um, but it's a great sparkling water. I love it. Mm. But I also go to, if you go to Costco, they usually have Waterloo, which is my favorite uh, sparkling water. This they, I'm gonna, they just built a Costco, our first one in our area here. I think it might even be open now. Really? But I'm not sure I want to have Sam's Club and Costco because... 
I have both, and literally, I only have Sam's Club for toilet, toilet paper. paper. Yeah. Uh, I like the food better over at Costco. Um, much better quality meat, and it's in more manageable sizes than what you get at Sam's Club. Um, and Sam's Club, yeah, I, there's just no deal on food. I mean, I, I pay the same amount at Kroger that I do at Costco or at Sam's Club, so. Some of the stuff they have is a little bit better, and it's kind of weird because, like, we had those those chicken nuggets or tenders, yeah, for doing, and those were really good, they were good, you know, and they were pretty inexpensive. And I've gotten the uh, chicken, uh, not fillets, what are the chicken, the tenderloins? Then they're just plain chicken tenderloins, and they're super juicy when you cook them up, and they're it's it's pretty darn cheap too, so. It's nice because we got the little stand-up freezer in the basement, so I can deep freeze shit down there if I want. One hundred sixty-one degrees right now. <laughs> one hundred and sixty-one. Okay. Oh, that's my pork. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you can almost just leave it outside and let it cook. I, mean, come on. <laughs> I, I was I was worried the smoker wasn't going to create smoke. I have an electric smoker that you put wood chips in, um, but it's so fucking hot outside and it's black. So <laughs> I I opened it up this morning to put it in and it was already, I hadn't even turned it on. It was already at 150 degrees. <laughs> like, what do I need to turn it on for? Except for the like, smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to crank this all the way up to 275 just to get it to, to smoke. Just light up a pack of matches and toss it in there for some smoke. It'd be good. It's hot, dude. It's hot. I, I've, I've lived down here for 23 years now. I mean, I, no, I first moved here in 1999. <laughs> and in 1999... I was working at the Dallas Theater Center at the time, and uh, I got here for my contract at the end of August, or beginning of August, I can't remember which, but it was super, super hot out, and they had done South Pacific the year before, right before they shut down, and they left everything up in the rafters. Our theater at the time was basically a big steel barn with yeah, 700 seats in it. <clears throat> so it was 110 degrees outside, and but up in the rafters where all the lights are and stuff. 125, it, probably. It was about 130. So you would go up there. Yeah, they'd only let us up there for about 10 minutes each time. Then you had to come back down. And I was like, you guys keep doing this. We're never going to get this place struck and uh, ready for the next show. Um, so my first year in Texas, it was evil. All right. <laughs> so like years after that, I kind of was like, ah, oh, this summer's not bad. This summer's 2007 came. Mm -hmm. 64 days above 100. Jesus. I was working uh, 
uh, I had Davis Lang Designs going, but I was also working for a a big church called Pantico Bible Church, twelve hundred seat auditorium, uh, big catwalk system. I mean, it was it was built to be uh, a theater, basically a thrust. It's it's built like a thrust style theater. So once again. 100 degrees. I'm in the catwalks. We are above the air conditioner output. Oh, no. So everything up there was 120. I mean, I took a thermometer up there, and the one day it reached almost 140 degrees because it's... Oh, God. It's a, Yeah. All the cold air just sits down at the bottom, sits there and does nothing. Now, if I leaned out... Uh, over the side laying on the catwalk i could get underneath the vent <laughs> and cool myself down real quick and then pop back up because the air coming out of that was like 30 freaking degrees it, they had to cool that entire space it was i mean you know should have taken a box fan up there with you just to get some <laughs> pointed up you know suck the cold air up 1200 seats that's that's probably what 50,000 square feet um big just big oh and it was tall their their ceiling was so freaking tall wow uh it's only 63 degrees in Breckenridge Colorado that's a heat wave for them I may have to move to Breckenridge Um. Yeah, I told you about the three golf courses in Ohio that are in trouble. Just pray to the gods that they go, hey, you know what? Scotty's from up there. Maybe he should go help out. I wish they would. Um. Oh, my tidbit just told me there is no jacket needed today. It's rather mild where you are. <laughs> Mild for hell, perhaps. <laughs> Air quality index is a negative one. <laughs> I wouldn't wear a jacket. A face mask, perhaps, but no jacket required. Here in Texas, the air quality index at negative one, that's just moderate. <laughs> eh, she'll um, buff out. <laughs> uh, Las Vegas Airport, so everyone knows. There is a 20-minute delay with departures, and there is a 28-minute ground delay due to runway maintenance. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. OGG. What is OGG? Which airport is OGG? I don't know. No, no, I don't. I might have to get a list of all this. Um, yeah, I love the tidbit. Uh. It's five o'clock in Araguana, America. I don't know. <laughs> Araguana. Oh, wait. OGG is Kahului uh, Airport in Hawaii. Oh, really? Well, they're having delays too, people. Mm. Just, just to let you know 44 days, six hours. 
And 38 minutes away from Putin Bay. It is 105 degrees here in Dallas, Texas, or Bedford, Texas right now. What does that say, 105? And then when it pops up to the next one, it says 108. Um, it's More asphalt over there? Who knows? Yeah. It's fucking hot. That's all I have to yeah. say to that. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Sam's boyfriend is working in texas right now he's a he fixes cranes okay and uh wherever he is he's got to wear protective gear oh yeah he's having a bad time (laughs) well and he worked he's working with some was it was it lime i don't know he's got like chemical like slight chemical burns on his shins because of the chemicals that are around there and He's sweating like a pig. Yeah, he's 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 not enjoying life at the moment. I wonder where he is. I don't know. She doesn't know either. She's like, I don't know. He's in Texas, honey. <laughs> that's like that's like five states worth of territory. <laughs> yeah, you know, it takes what two and a half hours to get all the way across the state of Ohio. Yet here in Texas, it takes it me takes a day, twelve hours to get to yeah. Corpus Christi. <laughs> Uh, God forbid you start at the very top of Texas and go all the way down to the very bottom. That's got to be even longer. Well, we're going to do that trip. Uh, uh, why? We are waiting for the next Starship launch um, mm. by, by SpaceX. And we're going to... they're all out of L.A. or out of California. No. Uh, well, they're... All right. Their head office is in Hawthorne, California. Okay. They launch out of Cape Canaveral uh, Oh, that's Space right. Yeah. Center. Right, but, right. But Starship, which is the new uh, spacecraft that they, they have in development, which is fucking massive, um, is strictly going to be launched from uh, down at the border of Texas and Mexico. Interesting. So, if you go down to South Padre Island, you can uh, see any of the launches that they do with with Starship. Now, have you looked at Starship? No. At all? No. Um, just uh, just uh, Google Star- <laughs> Starship and look at this thing. It looks like something out of... Uh, it looks like... Flash Gordon ship. <laughs> and, and you mentioned just, you know, slightly north of the Mexican border. I was like, there's got to be a joke about illegal aliens in there someplace. I don't know what it is, but. So. Uh, SpaceX Starship. There you go. Blink. Oh, yeah. Now. What you have here is a phallic symbol. Um, here is Starship on top of the um, booster or uh, the the main, main engine. Main engine. Um, <clears throat> the size of this thing is insane. Let me let me bring up the size comparison. Of course, you know, you got to compare penis sizes.
There we go. That's why women can't park very well, you know. So here, do you see my arrow? Yes. This is the Saturn V. Saturn, yeah. Which used to be the tallest spaceship ever at 363 feet. This thing is almost 400 feet tall. <laughs> Four, that's a 40-story building. Uh, it's massive. It's massive. Like the, the SLS, which is going to take people to the moon. Well, this is going to take people to the moon as well. Um, but the SLS is only three, 322 feet. <clears throat> the, the Starship. It's, it's not the size of the rocket, Scott. It's the power behind it. The Starship will have a living quarters big enough to put 99 people in. If they just did people instead of cargo. So as long as they got a holodeck, I'm good to go. I mean, here, look at new shepherd down here at 61 feet. Now you want a phallic symbol. Go. Yeah. Go, go look at Jeff Bezos's new shepherd. Um, (laughs) That is a penis with wings. Uh, But uh, that's his nickname, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, yeah, no, Falcon Heavy. I've seen those go up. Yeah, yeah, Falcon. Well, they just had a Falcon Heavy launch. Like I'm huge in into space, and I'm actually loving all of the SpaceX stuff that's going on right now because it's. To me, it's it's really cool that, that we now have somebody in the private sector trying to advance the space career. Like, NASA's great, but NASA is relegated by the government. And the government, after we went to the moon, really the next thing that they were big hit on is the International Space Station. And they... I mean, there's so much more. You know, it's, if Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos hadn't started doing what they were doing, we wouldn't have aspirations to go to Mars. We wouldn't have, we'd just be sitting up in the International Space Station going, man, that Chinese space station over there is 10 times bigger than ours. <laughs> I bet you they have a sauna. Wicked. Yeah. Wicked. But they got fresh sushi over there too. That's uh, Japanese, my bad. I, I don't want I'm a dick. I don't want to talk about sushi. Although did you know that Kroger? Do you guys have Kroger up there? I mean you Not anymore. Have... Not anymore. Really? I mean maybe maybe southern Ohio, but nothing up here in northeast Ohio. Yeah, they're they're based out of Cincinnati. So yeah. I'm sure there's still some Kroger. We, we used to. I used to I remember going to Kroger. But our Kroger, which there's a Kroger on every block here, um, our Kroger has a, a sushi station. Um, two guys sitting in there all day, walk up, this is what I want, they make it, so it's fresh as all get out. Well, our um, uh, Giant Eagle, most of the Giant Eagles, if they have like the food court kind of thing, 
will make fresh mm-hmm. sushi. I mean, my Sam's Club makes sushi. Isn't Giant Eagle owned by Kroger? Uh, it could be. I don't know. I know that they own Smith's. Giant Eagle, parent company. Uh, based out of Pennsylvania. Stores in PA, Ohio, West Virginia, Indiana, Maryland. Hmm. Uh, 36th largest privately held company. Wow. Yeah, it is its own company. So. Huh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, it was Smith's that I was thinking about. And if you don't know what Smith's is, head out, head out west. They're all over California, um, Nevada, uh, different areas like that. Man, my stomach is bang. All right, we're gonna. Oh, dude, yeah, my stomach was bad today. Holy oh. crap! Well, I mean, I got to bed at two, and then the cats were waking me up like five thirty. So I, if I fall asleep during the podcast, my bad. I'm a little tired, ain't gonna lie. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Davis and Davis show. Hi. Do you remember Maurice McMiller? Yeah. So when he and Charles Shannon and I were all in the same class in high school, Maurice had not come out of the closet at that point in time in his life, but loved this song to death. Big and I used to, I used to do this song. Like you remember how Steve Allen back in the day would take rock songs and do them as like, you know, poetry. Yes. I would sit and do this song as Steve Allen would do it. Just karma, 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 chameleon. You come and go, you come and go. It's just it's a driving nuts. <laughs> oh my god. So I think that might be our next uh uh, instead of the inspirational mo- moment. Oh, shit. We didn't do the inspirational moment. Oh! oh. Goodbye, Karma Chameleon. Hello, self-help sing. It's time for the Davis and Davis Show Motivational Minute. If you are going to do something good for somebody... Don't expect anything in return. Don't even expect the acknowledgement, the gratitude, or even a simple thank you. If you are expecting anything, you are going to be sorely disappointed. Because most people today are ungrateful motherfuckers. So if you are going to do something for somebody, do it from the goodness of your heart. Do it for your soul. <laughs> you ungrateful motherfucker. I'm surprised he hasn't done something. Don't ever lend money to a family member. You will never get it back. Those motherfuckers will take it forever and never remember that you're giving them money. Just write it off. Say, fuck it. It is gone in the wind. Um, oh, my God. So I'm thinking about a new segment. In the in the beginning opening segment, and that's going to be Burke does musical poetry. <laughs> you, you know, I'm going to pull a Bill Shatner on something at some point. I know. Um, just the first verse in the chorus but yeah that's it that's all you need that's 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 really all we need you you give me the song i will do it but but i i do believe that this needs to be uh in our our openings i i'm gonna extend our opening segment to like 20 minutes. 40 minutes. Well, we're at, <laughs> we're at 20 right now. Yeah, I know. We, um, we, we set it at 15 and never make it. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I said <laughs> it at And I was like, oh, we're just not getting there. We're not getting there. And then I set it to 20. And lately, we have had more to talk about. I don't know why. Because um, <laughs> we are talky motherfuckers. That's why. <laughs> That's why Bob Kanza loves us. Although I know, right? <laughs> when you're with Bob Kanza, you can't get another word in. It's like I know. <laughs> best stories about Bob is when Bob's not around because you have a chance to speak. 
Um, oh, we love you, Bob. Yes, uh, yes, we do. Yeah, so starting next week, we're going to have Burke's musical poetry. <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with a bumper for that. <laughs> oh, and now the spoken oh. word with Burke Davis. You, you know what music I'm going to put behind your intro? <laughs> what? Best poetry ever. Ever. (laughs) (sighs) You'll have to go all the way back to episode five to figure out that particular (laughs) reference of music, but still let me. Oh, dear God. We did a deep dive into that, right? Was, was sure. it a, yeah was no we did a, like a review because i i watched the movie and yeah we did a review i believe <laughs> my mother hated me hated me. i played that i played that movie. i would get home from school and the first thing i would do is stick the vhs tape in and <laughs> like, i can't that. imagine why she hated it She'd hear that music and she's like, oh, fuck, no, I'm going upstairs. Uh, Ranger, Ranger, <laughs> Ranger, 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 Ranger. Dude, if that was a drinking game, we'd be dead. <laughs> ah, oh, my God. Best. Dude, my mother hated that movie so much. I came home one day and I went to grab the tape. And what she had done was grab the actual tape on the inside and pulled half of it out. I had to sit there for like 45 minutes, rewinding it back in very carefully. (laughs) Mom, why'd you do that? No, no more. No more. Next time the wooden spoon comes out. Hey, uh, 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 we are doing one hit wonders. I almost said yes. I almost said cover songs uh, again because I just posted that episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, one hit wonders. I think we're on Burke's number nine. My number nine. Oh yeah, I like this song a whole lot. Six hundred thousand verified sales in the uk came out in 1998 and i I have i found this quote especially for you scott u2 lead guitarist the edge is quoted Mm -hmm. as saying you get what you give is the song he most he is most jealous of he said i would really love to have written that song uh rolling stone magazine 50 best songs of the 90s at number 37 uh, 1998, New Radicals, You Get What You Give.
here's a weird thing. This was the only album this band ever released. Really? That's it. One and done. Top the charts in Canada, New Zealand, top five hit in the UK, top 40 hit in the US, and then they were done. Holy cow. It's a great song. Just it's got a great beat. It's got it, it sounds like an uplifting song. It kind of isn't, but yeah, no, it's a it's a great tune. It's a great, great pop tune. God, that would be a uh, great breakup song. Oh yes, <laughs> one dance left, <laughs> man. Let's just fuck one more time, and you're out the door. <laughs> Have a good time, man. Oh, um, it's time for brisket or no, pull pork. Yeah, we got to pause for a second. Sorry, we'll be right back. Pull pork is much more important right. than the podcast. We'll be right back. I, I would like some. So, um, oh, I could sent you some um, <laughs> definitely good all right ladies and gentlemen we're taking a break real quick here i'm so sorry but i'm gonna send you out with somebody who was almost a one-hit wonder oh you 
Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> uh, that was good. I like that. Oh, shit. <clears throat> EDM. <clears throat> All right. Enough of that. <laughs> I got to play around a little bit. Just a little. Hey, number nine for Scott. What you got? I have a band from England, England, London, England, to begin or to be exact. Uh, they were in or around from. Uh, they started in 1985. Okay. Uh, Nick Van Eads was the gentleman who started the band. Uh, along with Tom Arnold, Gareth Moulton, Martin Barker, 
Gary Barnick. Barnacle? Oh, what? Barnicky. Barnicky? He owes me $20. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, wait. Here we <laughs> All right. I was a little bit wrong here. Um, the drivers had a support band called the Fast Forward, whose lineup was guitarist Kevin McMichaels. Van Eats was so impressed with McMichael's guitar playing that he asked him to form a new band. Van Eads and McMichael joined forces, relocated to London. Initially, the two made demos that led to recording contracts before bassist Colin Farley and drummer Martin Frosty Beetle joined in 1986. Frosty. <clears throat> Frosty. Their debut studio album was called Broadcast, and they went under the name Cutting Crew. Uh, here's what, okay, so I may as well get right into the, the meat of stuff. The song that I chose was I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight. The thing that kind of got to me a little bit later after doing some research is that they did have another hit. One other. Hmm. What was the other hit? I've been in love before. Made it to number nine on the chart. I don't remember it, so it doesn't count. Thank you. You're good. You make me feel so much better. Um, (laughs) But I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight came out in 1986 on their debut album called Broadcast. It reached number one in the U.S., number one in Norway, and number four in the U.K., (laughs) oh, wait, number one in Canada as well, number two in Ireland. Ooh. Yeah, no doubt. Do do you know where they got the name for the song? Uh, I do, but I will let you explain it. (laughs) I love this. The words that I just died in your arms tonight allegedly came from when Van Eady was having sex with his girlfriend. Because the French phrase, la petite mort, or the little death, is a metaphor for orgasm. So, (laughs) I just died in your arms tonight. Basically, I just, yeah. (laughs) Gotta love it. Gotta Gotta love it. it. Yep. Uh... All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight. Maybe. Maybe.
All right. Sorry, didn't mean to cut that off. I got really excited <laughs> there. So, so the viewers, listeners, whatever you want to call them, no. I'm pulling all these songs off of YouTube. Uh huh. And the video that I'm watching with this, they're in a basically a warehouse that they turned into a little rock stage whatever they have lights and all that i'm watching the video they go into color mode and he's lit from the side with one color and he's lit from the other side with i'm sitting there going man that's lee 119 on the one side (laughs) (sighs) back in the day when they were real gels probably yep (laughs) definitely lee 119 from the from the uh, right side on his face. Oh, fabulous, fabulous. <clears throat> to this day, I can't believe I can still remember all that crap. Oh, it's like I can remember the, the first six or seven digits of a VIN number for a Honda Civic. You know, if it was a, if it was an EX model, it was a 1HG, a 1HJ, no, no, sorry, the Accords. 1HG CD165 was a V6 Accord. 1HG864 was an LX four-cylinder. It's just the weird shit you remember when you get old. God, yeah. All right, sir. What's your number eight? I have a little band from, I believe they're Irish. And this song came out in 1988. 2,185,000 verified sales worldwide. Uh, Charted twice. Charted when it came out in 1988, but gained bigger popularity when it was included in a movie called Benny and June uh, in 1993. Uh, It's one of the few songs that their record label didn't mind their thick accents to be had in the song. It is the Proclaimers. The title of the song is I'm going to be with the parentheses 500 miles. Bear with her. Uh, you and your button pushing. Well, unfortunately, you put in a WMA file. And oh, I cannot play. Mac. Oh, you know what? I grabbed that from my computer. That's probably why. I apologize. Well, time to find the YouTubes. Hmm. Oh, that was 500 miles. I'll pass on 
Here's a weird thing. These guys peaked at number one in Australia, number one in Iceland, number one in New Zealand. They only got to 14 in freaking Ireland. Like, what's wrong with the homeboys? It's like, what the hell? These guys went platinum in Australia, platinum in Denmark, platinum in twice platinum in the UK, gold in the US. But Ireland, eh, whatever. What was the uh, Johnny Depp movie that it was in? Benny and June. J-O-O-N. That's a good little tune. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. All right, um, sir. What do you got next up on deck? Well, let's see here. We have a band. We have a band from, I think it's Australia. Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Down under. Yeah, a little down under music. Um, the band is composed of Peter Garrett, Rob Hurst, Jim Moganine, Mogany, sorry, Martin Rotzi, and they were formed in Sydney, Australia in 1972. Damn. Maybe around for a hot second. Holy cow. They were known as the farm in 1972. They changed their name in 1976. Past members include Peter Gifford, Bones Hillman, and Andrew James. They did not have a top single until 19... 88. The long run for being together and not having a hit. Came out with an album called Diesel and Dust, which was actually nominated for Best Indigenous Record or Indigenous Release in Australia. Uh, good for them. The song that I'm going to play made it to number one in the u.s made it to number one just about everywhere it also won the aria music award for single of the year and song of the year uh, the song that i am talking about and the band that i'm talking about is midnight oil and this is beds are burning
hear a little backstory in this thing oh i was just about to give you backstory <laughs> oh go ahead man after midnight oil toured through the outback in 1986 playing to remote aboriginal communities and seeing firsthand the seriousness of the issues in health and living standards the band wrote bets are burning to criticize how said populations were off often forcibly removing aboriginals from their homeland highlighted by the pre-chorus line it belongs to them let's give it back uh considering such a local affair inspired a worldwide hit um there's also the big red rock in the middle of australia called ayers rock or oluru yes was given back to the first nations and they wanted uh, the the band was approached by some folks from out in the desert who were like, you know, would you like to submit a song or songs to commemorate the handing back of the the of Uluru? And we're like, we could have a crack at it, but there's got to be a First Nations band that should be approached first. Like they'd gotten to know some of the bands from the desert and like Royal Rumpy, and they they said no, we want the message of the handback to go to the big cities. And that's where Midnight Oil was from. So they said, you, you take a crack at it. So, In an interview with British website and publications songwriting magazine, Rob Hurst discussed how Midnight Oil were determined to be seen as an Australian band. In the same conversation, he stated land rights are something that appear in so many countries around the world, New Zealand, Canada, the United States. But we were determined that Midnight Oil wouldn't be seen as one of those international bands writing songs that could have come from anywhere. We were determined to put place name and other specific bits and pieces in our song. We were going to be Australian.
Staying strong to the roots. God bless them. Gotta love it. Um, <laughs> it was, it, well, it, the reason it hit my list was because it's such an interesting story uh, on how the song was built, on how they came up with their name, on how, uh, as activists, they actually got something done to help the natives in in that country. So there you yep. go. Th- that was Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. My s- next song's a little more lighthearted. <laughs> 1997 is when this song came out. Almost a billion in, in sales worldwide. Um, they hit number one in Australia, Canada, the top singles, the Canadian adult contemporary, the Canadian rock alternative, Ireland. They're not even Irish. Uh, Italy, New Zealand, Scotland, U.S. adult top 40, U.S. mainstream top 40, U.S. modern rock tracks. This was kind of a big song. and It's just. It's a song about getting drunk for more than, you know, (laughs) if you want to call it that. Uh, Vocalist Dunstan Bruce said, we were in a mess. We'd become directionless and disparate. He credited this song with changing that it's not our most political or best song, but it did bring us back together. The song is about us as a class and as a band. And it is uh, 1997 Chumba Wumba. And the song is called Tub Thumping. Just so you guys know, when they talk about pissing the night away, they're talking about getting drunk. You know, if they, if you go out and get pissed, you go out and you get drunk. I always hated this song. Too repetitious. Yeah, that is true.
Kind of like the UK's version of a country song, isn't it? It is. Uh, all right. What you oh. get up next? Oh, my next one. I guess I should do that. I was <laughs> so involved in like reading stuff that I'm like, ooh, that's kind of interesting. Um, <clears throat> single singer, lady, mm-hmm. born February 1975, which puts her at age 48 right now. Uh, born in Sydney. Australia. Wow, two Sydney Australias in a row. Almost. Almost. What do you mean? Oh, for you, yes. Sorry. Yeah. What? Are, where the hell have you been? Are you in the? I show? had a UK in the middle there. Sorry. Yeah. Are, are Are you really in the show? No, I, I just show up for my pretty face. A little revolution now and then is a healthy thing, don't you think? Oh, what was the other one that I had that I liked? You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> Notice the shirt. I'm I noticed the shirt, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Natalie Jane Imbruglia. Brulia. There's no G. We went over this last time. There is a G. It's not pronounced with the G. I don't. I'm American. Okay, Scott. Imbruglia. And it's Scottata, okay? <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> um, Natalie Imbruglia. Thank you. Ooh, she was married once. 2003 to 2008. Daniel Johns. So you're saying there's a there's chance. There's a chance. <laughs> Oh my God, I've got to get that one in there. <laughs> There's no such thing as magic. Oh, yeah, I don't have it in there. I have to get uh, the song. The song. I have more about the song than I do about Natalie. Natalie's freaking phenomenal, absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, we, we talked about her in a previous episode that's out no. right now. So, yeah. Um, the song is Torn. And it was written by Scott Cutler, Ann Prevens, and Phil Thornley. The thing about the song is that it was written in 1993. Natalie did the song in 1997. This song was released by, it was first recorded in 1993 by, uh, in Danish, by Danish singer Liz Sorensen. Yep. Then in 1995, by Cutler and Prevens, an American rock band. Then Just re- refer back to our previous episodes, and you can listen to them all. Then Edna's Wap. Which is and, crunchy. It's good. Yeah, that one was very interesting. <laughs> uh, and then in 1996, American-Norwegian singer Trin Rines sang it. How do we miss that one? I don't know. But it is best known for Natalie Imbruglia. Imbruglia. Version, which came out in 1997. The single went to number one. In 1997, Australian singer and actress Natalie Imbruglia, working with Thornley. Thornley. Sorry. 
covered the song for her debut studio album, Left of the Middle. Imbruglia's version was recorded in Kilburn, London, with Dave Monday on lead guitar, Thornley on bass and rhythm guitar, Chuck Sabo on drums, and Henry Binns, Sam Hardiker as drum programmers. Uh, and finally, Katrina Leskanich, I, I hope I said that right, was uh, background vocals. Uh, it was mixed by Nigel Goodrich and released. Oh, Nigel. Yes, Nigel. Nigel. Released as a single. Uh, for the song, Imbruglia received a Grammy nomination, Best Female Pop Vocalist performance losing out to celine dion with my heart will go on (laughs) yeah if you're gonna lose to somebody the number one single that celine dion ever did is (laughs) one to lose to yep yep Uh, the accompanying music video for torn features british actor jeremy sheffield imbruglia also Recorded an acoustic version in 2001 for MTV's Unplugged. The sheet music for Torn is published in the key of F major. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, you didn't need to know that. We're going to listen to Natalie's Torn. I saw a man brought to life He was warm, he came around like he was dignified He showed me what it was to cry Well, you couldn't be that man I adore You don't seem to know, you seem to care what your heart is for Well, I don't know him anymore There's nothing where he used to lie has run dry That's what's going on Nothing's fine I'm torn I'm all out of faith This is how I feel I'm cold and I am shamed Lying naked on the floor Illusion never changed Into something real and army pants he's wearing. I'm sorry, we couldn't hear you. Oh, the uh, the hoodie and baggy army pants he's wearing in that video? Yes. 
That was kind of an iconic look for her, but it turns out that she only chose that outfit because she was feeling very body dysmorphic and insecure while making the video. It kind of blows my mind that people are that good looking worry about their looks that much. But still love Right, it's a it's a pretty interesting video. I, go to YouTube and and watch the video. Um, I, I, it's just really kind of cool to watch them tear down the set while she's still sitting yeah. there dancing. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome! Uh, it, it gives you a a little bit of an insight of of what Burke and I used to do. Yeah. <laughs> Because in we, real time, we were not good at building the sets, but we could tear the fuckers down. I could climb on top of them and get to scaffolding, but uh, putting them up was a pain. All right. So what do you have next? My next one is from 1992. It's an American hip hop group. It is not. It, it is uh, produced by DJ Muggs of Cypress Hill. The horns were sampled from the 1963 Harlem Shuffle and Popeye the Hitchhiker by Chubby Checker. The squeal that is throughout the entire song is actually from Junior Walker and the All-Stars song Shoot Your Shot, the intro saxophone. So you can listen to all those songs and hear exactly where they sampled everything. This is 1992. The band is House of Pain and the song is Jump Around. Sit 
I will say, I really kind of dig the fact that the the music that they sample, they left the scratches in the record, so you oh, can yeah. actually hear that as as they're playing. And, and if you're wondering, you know, Danny Boy is one of the guys from House of Pain. His name is Daniel O'Connor. <laughs> DJ Lethal, a Latvian American turntablist and producer, best known for as a member of the groups House of Pain and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I know, right? University of Wisconsin Madison uh, played this for their football games. Uh, actually, it's on the album Jack Jams as well, so it's been used at a lot oh, yeah. of sporting events. So they, they went platinum in the U.S., platinum in the U.K., gold in Germany, Denmark, and Australia. It's a good song. There you go. Uh, my next song. You have four minutes. Hurry up. Shut the fuck up. Um, (laughs) U.S. Billboard Hot 100 came in number five. Adult Contemporary came in number one. Mainstream Top 40, number one. Number one in Australia. Uh, Number two in Poland. (laughs) Go for it. Big, yeah. Big Poland. Yeah, the Polak. I'm only allowed to say that because I'm part Polish, okay? So don't ever look at me and call me a Polak. But you are. But I'm a Polak. Okay. Writer. Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. Her debut album was Be Not Nobody. Brought out by A&M Records. Made platinum in the United States. And her debut single, A Thousand Miles, spent 41 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. Damn. She received, or she earned three Grammy nominations. The album 
Also Spawn, well, we're not going to talk about the rest of that because none of the rest of it matters. She is born in Milford, Pennsylvania and is the first of three children of Ed Carlton, a pilot, and Heidi Lee, a pianist. Uh, Carlton's mother comes from a Jewish family in Queens. You don't need to know that. (laughs) After graduating, she sang in nightclubs and began to feel comfortable on stage. She later moved to New York City, where she attended Columbia University for one year before dropping out and had a stint as a waitress in Hell's Kitchen. Stalker. Everybody in everybody has ever been anybody has been a waiter or waitress in New York. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the thousand miles. Thought you were playing the love boat for a second. Take your time. Watch those marshmallows. Bees on him. I won't bite. I should ask me to. You ever seen the movie White Chicks? You must. No, actually not. Terry. <laughs> Terry Crews is is trying to date a white girl. <laughs> you know i love this song <laughs> making my way downtown walking fast face this past and i'm homebound i love terry <laughs> terry cruz i love him uh now oh i'll give God. you the real song <laughs> <laughs> tell the girl is a pianist her her mother was a pianist she's played piano ever since she was young i what i really love about this song is she gets kind of lazy in her delivery and almost slurs words towards the end it's just 
it's super cute. It's like <laughs> she's got a killer voice. Oh my oh, gosh. God, she is incredibly awesome. Now, um, then you know this was written about a crush that she had when she was at Juilliard? Yes. Which is why it was actually filmed in the streets of New York City. Do you want a list of the possible suspects? Sure. It might have been Alan Tudyk, Stephen Kunkin, Nat Kiesler, David Conrad, Christian Camargo, Wes Bentley. It could have been Anthony Mackie. It could have been Oscar Isaac. Or it could have been Adam Driver. Those are all people that went to school with her at Juilliard. Pretty big list of entertainers <laughs> on there. <laughs> Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces pass and I'm homebound. Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. I still need you, I still miss you. All right, I, I'm going to give you some personals on, on this girl, mainly because I I have uh, kind of almost a... Brush? No, no, I wasn't going to go there, but she does have brown eyes. I mean, <laughs> I, brown eyes. Put her in girls. a uniform and you're done. Oh, oh, Lord, if you put her in a Navy outfit, I'm done. Just going to... Yeah. 2005, Carlton completed the New York City Marathon and Holy donated crap. the pledge money she collected to Musicians on Call, a nonprofit organization that brings live and recorded music to patients' bedside. On June 19th, 2010, Carlton came out as bisexual while heading Nashville's Pride festival she Good stated she stated to the attending audience i've never said this before but i am a proud bisexual woman on october 9th 2013 a live performance in bayshore new york carlton announced that she was expecting her first child with fiance john mccauley of the band deer tick in November, she announced that she had an ectopic pregnancy, which um, yeah, yeah, 
which kind of sucks. And uh, later suffered a ruptured tube and internal bleeding. After surgery, her entire right fallopian tube was removed. On December 27, 2013, Carlton and Macaulay married in a ceremony officiated by Stevie Nicks. Wow. <laughs> On June 26, Carlton announced via Facebook that the release of Liberman would be delayed until summer of 2015 because she was pregnant again. Oh. Which is, uh, my ex-wife had... Uh, a Philippian tube removed, and she also had two ectopic pregnancies while we were together. Which, after the second one, I should have learned to wear a freaking condom. Uh, but I didn't. I'm old now and wise. And clipped. <laughs> Anyways, on January 13th, 2013, Carlton gave birth to their daughter. Carlton lived in Nashville, Tennessee, until 2021. Guess where she lives now? Dallas, Texas. Patuxic Village in Rhode Island. R- Ten minutes from where I lived when I lived in Rhode oh, Island. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Great woman. Hey, we've got to take a little break here. Yep. My bladder is saying that it's time, and as well, my Our timer said it's time. Yeah, that said that as well, and plus the temperature gauge on my uh, on my pulled pork is going absolutely nuts between zero degrees, one hundred sixty four. It was at almost two hundred ten minutes Oops. ago. I got to go see what the hell's going on with that. <laughs> All right, folks, we will see you in a bit. We'll be right back. Make sure that you check back soon for this podcast. 